This conversation actually probably won't be so fun, but it is important nonetheless. We're seeing cases rise across the United States, but more so in Europe, South Africa. And right now, it's just I feel like it's almost like it's 2020 again. People are talking about COVID a lot more again, and there's this concern, you know, things are reverting back to the way they were a year ago. So Novavax actually an interesting name because they had some positive news in terms of their vaccine. They were actually issued emergency use authorization for their COVID-19 vaccine by the W. WHO today. Now, their drug is under assessment by the European Medicines Agency as well as other world agencies. We know earlier this week they were applying for approval for Japan, United Arab Emirates, and just, you know, across the world, really, they are seeking that approval. Now, the company is also seeking approval from the FDA, they say, by the end of the year, and also expecting to launch their Novavax for kids in six months per, per Reuters. So the president and CEO of the company today so the decision from the WHO is vital to ensure global access to this protein-based COVID-19 vaccine for hundreds of millions of people around the world. So definitely positive news for them today. Ben, the stock is reacting as such, up about 12.5% on the day. Yeah, 219 roughly. It is enjoying gains on the day. And what's most notable for me, Jenny, is I like to think of acceptance or rejection. Sometimes you'll see a huge spike up and the price activity just kind of wanders back down. In this instance, we've seen very much sideways consolidation at these upper levels, actually a few different areas on the way up. And you know, a lot of talk this week, again, about COVID. As you mentioned, it's not necessarily a great or a fun subject to discuss, mm -hmm. but it's uh, necessary ultimately. And we even heard recently from the president, uh, Joe Biden has some choice words in terms of what we can expect to see this winter as far as uh, some of the health risks uh, that the unvaccinated face. And uh, ultimately, we heard some news this morning from uh, about Pfizer and, and Johnson & Johnson, uh, some concerns related to their blood clot mm -hmm. or some blood clots that uh, women, I think it's the age of 30 to 49, have experienced. Uh, so, yes, the boosters and all, I mean, this is definitely a, a relevant company and certainly one that uh, should be on the minds of investors and traders. Yeah, the CDC recommending actually vaccines that maybe weren't J&J. &J. Interesting because obviously so many people already have that J&J &J vaccine. So this does seem like it's sort of in the forefront of so many people's minds this week again, which is very sad to see. But I have to say, I got my booster shot, Ben. It was a very pleasant experience. It was, I mean, I didn't feel so hot the next day, but all in all, it was in and out. It was much easier than getting doses one and two. So very easy. <laughs> yeah, the CDC uh, adding that to Johnson & Johnson's fact sheet, basically mm -hmm. the blood clot. So there have been some concerns with uh, Johnson & Johnson. I think uh, mm -hmm. the real concern here, though, and we've been hearing from health officials across the board, uh, basically is that uh, the unvaccinated, ultimately, the mm -hmm. large percentage that still remain. Absolutely. And that is just, I can't believe that we're even still having this conversation. But why this name, I think, fits the bill for FOMO today. And as always, FOMO is not a recommendation, not saying buy into this name. It is just a stock that has seen some interesting price action that we want to explore more to say remove that emotional response, which I think, you know, typically we stray away from a lot of these biopharma names on this show. But I think there is an emotional response when it is affecting you just in your everyday life. Of course, the pandemic has affected every single person in the world in some way. And I think that a lot of people want to invest in these biopharma names to sort of get in on, you know, what is happening in the world, which makes perfect sense. So we are sort of here to break down that emotional response, although very difficult. But Novavax up 92 percent this year, up 3 percent this month, up almost 30 percent this week. What I wanted to point out is this stock was trading at around four dollars at the start of 2020 and jumped as high as three hundred and thirty one dollars a share in February of this year. 
So just to see, I mean, this stock from a long-term chart, when you look at them on a three-year basis, you can really see exactly when the pandemic sort of rocked the world because this stock, I think, almost serves as a proxy to see that activity because you can just see it soar from the start of 2020. It's up 950% on a three-year basis. So I would say, again, that why it is a FOMO candidate is because you do have that fear of missing out with some of these biopharma names that have just soared on really their, their usefulness. This was a stock that was needed during this time. Yeah, I think investors uh, that are looking to get into the stock market uh, nowadays should, and my advice is always, get involved with a company that you're familiar with, that you actually have some sort of association with. And the pharma companies, again, with everything that's been in the news, these are names that, uh, again, you can really associate with. You'll understand when you hear the headlines related to the vaccines, the uh, you know success or failures thereof. And I think that uh, it's pretty clear at this point that we're going to be talking pharma. We're going to be talking some of these boosters and vaccines for many years to come, probably. This is not going anywhere fast. I know, and I don't know how I feel so much about that, but it is the inevitable. I mean, yes. Nikki, I definitely agree. And I also wanted to point out that some of these biopharma names are some of the best performers of this week so far as we're still, you know, hours away from the close today. But we're seeing Pfizer, Moderna, Bristol-Myers Squibb, Eli Lilly being some of the best performers in the S&P 500 on a week-to-date basis. So there is a strength in these names today. And again, I just think it's the relevance. This is becoming more and more of the conversation again. Not that it ever really left the conversation, but definitely I feel like this week. So in terms of a trade, Ben, I would say, how would you look at this name, given the fact that Novavax has run up sizably this week and my goodness this year? Well, a little bit of a different approach, Jenny. Uh, earlier in the show, we talked about a strategy, a couple call verticals to uh, place a somewhat of a directional bias trade on uh, in Delta and uh, in GM. But um, we were talking a little bit about, uh, you mentioned the huge run-up that we've seen in some of these pharma names, the big move not only this year, but this week. Mm -hmm. And so let's take a little bit of a different approach for this one. We're going to uh, basically take a little bit more of a neutral, more range-bound type strategy. So in this instance, instance, you can see we're looking at an iron condor, and this is to sell the seven, uh, January 7th weekly 150, 155, 260, 265. That's the iron condor, and this is for a $2.10 credit. So uh, we've got a break even uh, at 152.90 and 262.10. 10. This is over uh, the next 21 days. So we're risking 290 to make 210. And again, it's a little bit more of a neutral range bound type strategy. Jenna, you're really looking for the stock price to stay within the range of about 155 to 260. But, you know, there's some good probability here. I was looking at it. And while if you uh, actually look at it on the uh, risk profile, it shows, I think, uh, 50, 60 percent profitability. But both of these uh, vertical spreads that you create, again, to create this neutral strategy. They both have about a 70% uh, probability individually of settling in the money. So uh, again, two combined here for this four-leg spread. You can see uh, some of the details of the trade here on your screen. So a higher probability trade, like you pointed out, and I'm curious, just picking your brain, why you wanted to go with an iron condor, because typically this has a little bit, obviously, more legs than some of the strategies Alex usually looks at. Yeah. Well, you know, Jenny, you mentioned the run-up that we had seen, and I think at a certain point we kind of lose momentum to the upside. It's tough to sustain that kind of 
uh, you know, those gains. And ultimately, we're headed into the holiday trade. Mm -hmm. So over the next couple of weeks, things could kind of quiet down a little bit. We could just basically see a little bit less energy, a little bit less directional conviction than we have been. So a risk-defined approach mm -hmm. towards kind of just uh, going out on a limb here a little bit and getting ahead of a huge move to the upside. Again, just sort of saying, look, uh, maybe a little bit overdone and overrun, but not necessarily one that's going to V top and mm -hmm. reject these upper levels like we talked about earlier. We're looking for some consolidation and a bit of acceptance of this upper level. Hey, Ben, I can't reiterate it enough, the importance of being risk-defined in these Good markets, time. given the volatility we've even just seen this week or over the last three weeks. I mean, it is something that I always sort of want to point out, as I think it is so important. But that does it for our FOMO segment today.